Let's turn to the Word of God. This morning I want to talk to you on the three areas of faith. Now, I'm not a faith preacher, even though I preach faith. Um, I believe that we live by faith and that we need to be constantly um, moving in faith. But a while back I was teaching, and I do a, a weekday podcast and we're in which I, I teach through the Bible. Um, there was a guy that back when I first got saved almost 50 years ago, there was a guy by the name of J. Vernon McGee. I don't know, anybody here ever heard of J. Vernon McGee? J. Vernon McGee, in fact, they, they still put his stuff up. that You can get his podcast. But he teaches, he would take two years and he would teach through every verse in the Bible in two years' time. Now, I'm, I don't do so good because I spend sometimes, a, a, you know, two, two or three days on one verse, you know. Um, but he so impacted my life that when I went into ministry, I thought, you know what? I want to teach verse by verse through the Bible. And so we have a podcast, and um, it's on, we, we put it on Facebook, Twitter, all those, all those things. Um, but I teach verse by verse through the Bible. And I was teaching out of the book of Hebrews. And all of a sudden, it just kind of jumped out at, at me. How many of you ever had scripture that just kind of jumps out at you? Two of you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but it just kind of jumped out at me. And, and I saw something. I saw that Abraham needed faith to leave. He needed faith to live, and he needed faith to look. And those are the three areas that I want to talk to you about this morning. Now, what is faith? Faith is, is just trusting God. It's trusting that what God has spoken, he is going to do it. Now, we've made faith into a big deal. We, how many of you have ever bought tape series or tape series boy I'm really dating myself <laughs> for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about <laughs> flash drives <laughs> mp3 files off the internet but but you bought something that 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 was entitled how to have great faith or great three steps to great faith and let me tell you something I'm an older guy I've been preaching for 45 years that's older than your mom and dad, okay? I've been preaching for 45 years, and one thing that I've understood is that we've made a lot of things that were never intended to be complicated very complicated. You know, faith is not a complicated thing. Faith is just taking God at his word. Taking his word into you, planting it into your heart, and you know what happens? When you do something as easy as that, you know what? Faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It comes automatically, okay? Then you just begin to step out and begin to use it. Just use what you got. How many of you know that every person in this room, according to the Word of God, every person in this room has been given faith? 
It's there. It got deposited the day that you heard the word of God and you surrendered to the word and let it be implanted in your life and you said, Jesus, be the Lord and Savior of my life. You see, it took faith to do that. It took faith. And so the very first thing that we see about faith in the, in the life of Abraham is it took faith for Abraham to leave. Now, in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse number 8, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out of the place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, let's just take a look at this. Abraham was raised in the Ur of the Chaldees. Now, you say, the who or the what? The Ur of the Chaldees is what we would call modern-day Iran. Okay? Abraham's father, whose name was Terah, or Terah, he decided to move from Ur of the Chaldees to the area of Haran, which is now modern-day um, like Turkey in that area. So Abraham and his family moved from Ur of the Chaldees to Haran. And he moved everything. His dad moved with him. and Everybody moved with him. And, and so all the fortune that he had in the Ur of the Chaldees all of that fortune went along with him. And, and by the way, it was a huge fortune. This man was very, very prosperous. Okay? And then all of a sudden, God speaks to Abraham. Now, one of the things that I want you to remember is Abraham had zero recollection of who God was. He had never met God. He had never had any church training whatsoever. Zero. Everybody go zero. Zero, zero training. But what happens? God comes to him in the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis, and he speaks to Abraham. You see, when, when the word of God goes forth, along with the word of God comes faith. God comes, and he speaks to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, you got to leave where you're at. Now, again, remember, Abraham is, is living this cushy job or cushy life. His dad's got thousands of sheep. Well, maybe that's not a cushy life. But his dad's got a lot of stuff. And God speaks to him, to a man who had no recollection of God whatsoever. He never read a book on faith. <gasps> he never listened to a series on faith. All he did was he heard God speak. 
when he heard God speak, something was deposited in the life of Abraham, where Abraham left everything that he had. How many of you know it takes faith to leave? It takes faith to move on. I remember when I had first become a believer, and uh, before I had become a believer, I had lived a, uh, uh, well, I don't want to go into my past, but I played a lot of pool, okay? Now, I'm not against playing pool. I don't, I'm not going to tell you it's a sin to play pool. I played a lot of billiards, and I played at a place called Anaza Sands on 28th Street in Grand Rapids. Naza Sands had a back room, and in the back rooms where the big gambling went on. And I was making money gambling and, and winning, hopefully, that, that playing pool. And uh, all of a sudden, I realized I needed to stop. I needed to, to leave something that had become very familiar in my life. You see, faith many times brings us to the point of repentance. How many of you know that to repent without faith is just being sorry? You know, my mother, when she was still alive, she made the best chocolate chip cookies in the whole world. If I don't, I'm not careful, I'm going to spit on somebody. But, um, well, she could make she could make the best Toll House cookies in the whole world. When I was a little kid, she would say, "Now, Leon, don't eat a cookie before dinner." Well, you know what? I'd walk up to that table. I couldn't see in the cookie jar. I was so young. But I'd put my hand in that cookie jar. I'd grab one and run out to the barn or somewhere and, and eat that cookie. One day, she put a mouse trap in the cookie jar. You know what happened when I stuck my hand in that mouse trap? I got real sorry. I got real sorry but not sorry enough to repent. <laughs> sorry enough to tip the cookie jar over before I grabbed one the next time. You see, it takes faith to repent. It takes faith to leave your old life behind. So it takes faith. And as you walk through your life, in your life of faith, there's come, there comes times where you need to take a step of faith to leave what's comfortable i remember before i went to bible college everything i was going to i was going to become a, a botanist that's what i wanted to do i still love plants and things like that but i was on my way to to becoming a botanist and all of a sudden there was something on the inside of me and it was the call of God. God had spoken to my heart. And I knew I couldn't do it. Well, it took faith to say, no, I'm not going to go to college. I'm not going to go to and become a botanist. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow what God has spoken to my heart to do. And I remember those times and those struggles of those days. You know, it's getting about June, July, 
you know, around July and the, and the college is saying, you know, you need to send in your deposit for your room and you need to do this and you need to do that. And I couldn't do it. It took faith. And all through my life, there are times where it takes faith to move forward. It takes faith to, to leave the place that you're at. I remember when when the Lord spoke to my wife and I to leave the ministry that we were involved in and move to the Soviet Union. It wasn't a nice place at that time. It was still communist yet. But the doors were open enough where we could go there and, and uh, we actually lived on the black market. Um, that's the only way that we could buy groceries and things like that. And um, it took faith to leave. So sometimes faith comes to us and it comes to us through the word of God, but it comes to us to give us the, the faith to leave where we're at and to move on. Do you understand? Now, what's the next thing that faith does? Well, let's go to the next verse there in Hebrews. Hebrews 11 verse 9 now. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as, by, as in the foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. It takes faith to live. How many of you in the last couple years have realized it's taking more faith to live now notice, it says there that Abraham lived as an alien. He left this nice cushy place there in Haran. And he moved as an alien. He didn't move into a, into a five-star hotel when he got to Canaan. Capiche? You don't speak Italian, I take it. Um... He didn't move into a big mansion. He probably left a mansion in Haran. But when he moved to Canaan, all of a sudden this rich young man, actually wasn't so young anymore, but he's now living in a tent. Now, I don't know about you, but tents are not my favorite place to live. I've lived in a few, and it seems like every time I live in a tent, it rains and it thunderstorms. And <laughs> we actually woke up one morning, and our kids were sleeping on air mattresses, and they were floating, you know, <laughs> in the tent. <laughs> but can you picture that? He leaves all the comfort, but now he's living as an alien. How many ever find that people are looking at you like you're an alien? The other day I was leaving the, my chiropractor's office and, and um, there was a young black man that was coming towards me and he was in pain. I could see that he was hurting. So I opened the door for him and I said, sir, please go on in. And when I said, sir, he looked at me like, what's wrong with you? 
Are you an alien? Yes, you you got to be the, the the strangest white old man I've ever met. We live as aliens, don't we? To love the unlovely. To love some of the people that are supposed to be lovely in society. We're living here as aliens. This world's not my home. I'm just passing through. There's a treasure laid up somewhere beyond the blue. But for Abraham, it took faith for him to live in the land of Canaan. Now, Canaan was not a very nice land. Canaan didn't have a church on every corner. You understand? In fact, the Canaanites sacrificed humans. Oh, Donis, you'll, you'll like this. They actually sacrificed a donkey. <laughs> now, I know that you... <laughs> Now, I don't know if it was your donkey or... No, I'm just joking. They actually found in, in archaeological diggings places where there were donkeys that were sacrificed. But they also found children that were sacrificed. How many of you know that, that, that we live in a, in a time where, where there's a lot of things going on that are just ungodly? I remember climbing in Merida... Mexico climbing a, a temple ruin and looking down inside a hole that was in the top of this ruin and seeing skeletons there. And these were people that were sacrificed to the Aztec God. You see, we're living as aliens in this world. And sometimes people look at us and they think, where did you come from? Especially when we have acts of kindness. Especially when we're reaching out to someone else who is unlovely. They look at you and they think, where in the world did you come from? You need to be careful. You need to be careful who you give and who you support and who you, and what you do. You need to be careful. Well, Abraham. Because Abraham had the word from the Lord. He could live. He could live in a place that was completely alien to him. And so I say to you, we can live here. We can live here. But it's, it's going to take faith for us to live. It's going to take us allowing the word of God to come in and to penetrate our hearts. You know, somebody said to me, Leon, what if gas goes, goes like to $6 a gallon? Didn't change God's word. You see, God's word is where our faith is based upon. And we're living in a time where we need to make sure that the Word of God is penetrating our hearts. Not just 
hearing it, but allowing it to penetrate our hearts to the point where we say, I am going to live the word of God. I'm going to love my enemy and my neighbor, who hopefully is not your enemy, but I'm going to love people unconditionally. I'm going to give. I'm going to do whatever God asks for me to do. Because as we live his word, you know what? We're living by faith. So Abraham left by faith. He lives by faith. By the way, this is an owl in sign language. He lives by faith. And then Abraham looked by faith. Verse number 10. For he was looking for a city which has a foundation, whose architect and builder is God. Looking for a city. What was Abraham doing? He was looking ahead in faith. Now, I believe that this is really talking about he's looking for heaven. But I think that we can apply that to, to our lives as far as looking ahead. Abraham never lived in a city in Canaan. Did you know that? The city that he was looking for was something that was in the future. It was something that, that he was seeing in his heart by faith. And he was constantly looking at it. He was studying it. He was looking at it. But he never had the opportunity to live there. Let me ask you a question. What are you looking at? Maybe it's a college degree. Maybe it's a new job. What are you looking at? Maybe it's retirement. What are you looking at? And are you looking in faith? So many times I've been told, Leon, you can't do that. You can't. And I can't. But God can you know, when my wife and I and our, our two kids, when we left for the Soviet Union, there were people that said, Leon, you're leaving a wonderful ministry where you're finally getting some national recognition. They said, you're going to starve. Now, how many of you can see that that's 20-something years ago and I haven't starved yet? In fact, I have to work on the other opposite end of it. But in faith, what are you dreaming about? What do you see in your future? You see, the way that you're going to get there is you're going to get there by faith. 
I don't know what you're dreaming about. I know what I'm dreaming about. If you can get there by yourself without God's help, chances are you're not dreaming in faith. You're not looking ahead in faith. What are you looking at? Abraham was looking for a city. Here he was living in a tent. He was an, an alien. But he was looking for a time where he or his family, his heritage, would put down roots in this land called Canaan. He was looking. But he was looking in faith. What are you looking at? Have you allowed the word of God to come into your heart where it's, where it's penetrated you? And then you begin not only to, to leave, not only to live, but now you're, not, you're looking towards the future. What are you seeing? Maybe it's health. There's a lot of things that you could be looking for for the future. What are you looking at? And are you looking in faith? Are you looking at reaching Hesperia? Are you looking at reaching your neighbor? How many of you know some of your neighbors it takes faith to reach your neighbor? <laughs> Are you looking at changing West Michigan or Hart, Ludington? You know, one thing that, that, that uh, it doesn't irritate me but I think it challenges me, is probably the better word, is driving through towns like Nunica, Coopersville, Ravenna, and knowing that there's not a good Bible-believing church in those towns. I live in Allendale. We finally, three years ago, we finally got a good Bible-believing church. Now, we got churches on every corner in Allendale, but I'm talking about a, a, a good, strong, Bible-believing church in Allendale. Wow. What about Nunica? Are you dreaming? Maybe there's a person here that's dreaming for Nunica or for Fremont or for, let's go up this way, Hart, Manistee, Ludington. I don't know, there might be a good church in Ludington, but do you understand what are you dreaming about? What are you looking at? Abraham was looking for a city whose architect and builder was God. How many of you know 
every building starts with an architect. Abraham wasn't laying down the plans. He wasn't saying, okay, I'm going to put this stone here and this stone here and this bathroom here and my hot tub there and, and whatever. He, he wasn't built, he was just looking for the city that God was going to build, that God was going to plan. You've got a bunch of young people here. I'm so glad you're here today. But you know what? Let me say something to you. God, you're sitting on the front row. I'm going to point right at you, okay? <laughs> God's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan. You're not a mistake. He's got a plan for you. It's God's plan. Like I already told you, I was going to be a botanist. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to go up into the woods and no, never touch another human being as long as I lived. Just me and the plants, man. Smoke a little dope. That was before I was a Christian. But, you know, that was what I wanted to do. But God had a plan. Now, some of you who are as old as me and maybe even a little bit older, I just turned 69 just a couple weeks ago. You think, you know, does God have a plan for me? My, my dear mother, she was 94 when she went to heaven. My dad went a couple years before she did. And she would say, Leon, why am I here? How come God won't take me home? And I say, Mom, I have no idea. But God's got a plan. He's got a plan. So what's the plan? He's the architect of your life. But not only is he the architect, but you know what? He's the one who puts it together. He's the one that builds it. You know, have you ever laid awake, awake at night trying to plan how you're going to do this? You know, when, when, the, when the snow starts disappearing in Michigan, I look out my back door. And I look out there at my lawn, and I'm thinking, you know, I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I need to do this, and I need to do that. And you know what? It rarely tur turns out the way I planned it. But then God comes, and he has a plan. But then he comes, and he says, okay, just step aside. Just trust me. Just put your faith in me to continue to, to look forward. And I am going to build within you the things that you desire. I'm going to do it. I'm going to plan it. I'm going to build it. So Abraham was a man of faith. He believed God. But he believed God so that he could leave the place he was in. So that he could live as an alien in the world he was in. 
and so that he could look forward to building something permanent in that world because God was the architect and God was the builder. Amen? I want you just to bow your heads if you would right now. I recognize a lot of you, but there's some here that I don't recognize. So I'm just going to ask this question. Do you have the assurance in your heart that you would spend an eternity in heaven if today was your last day on earth? You might be saying, well, how do, how do I get that kind of assurance? You get that kind of assurance by calling on Jesus to become the Lord and Master of your life. He comes in. He gives you the faith to leave your old life. But this morning as we close this portion of this service, is there anyone here that says, Leon, I need Jesus. I need him to forgive my sins. I need him to be the Lord of my life. If that's you right now, I'm going to ask you wherever you're at just to put your hand up and just acknowledge it and then put it right back down. Is there anyone? Okay, Father... In the name of Jesus, I speak a blessing upon this congregation. In the name of Jesus, vision rise within the hearts of every person in this room. Lord, let vision rise. Let the looking rise so that we can see Hesperia and Hart, Fremont, and this whole area, let it rise within these, the hearts of these people. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for your blessing, Lord, that this church, that revived church, will bless and continue to bless this community in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just say this to you. It's so important that you have vision to reach the community. And I'm not saying you don't. But so many times people say, well, it's the pastor. The pastor has to have vision. The pastor has to instigate. And the pastor has to, you know what? You need to have vision to reach this community. I just talked to a young man last week. And he said, man, he said, Leon, I, I feel like I'm, I'm following the call of God for the first time in my life. I said, what's God calling you to? He said, I'm going to, I'm a gamer. He said, I believe God's calling me to, to reach gamers.
And I said, God bless you. I said, I'm going to agree with you that you're going to reach gamers. That you're going to reach an area of society that for many churches, we've left it alone. We've called it evil, but we've never entered their world. Capiche? I don't know what God's calling you to do, but you need a vision. And I was talking to Jared before the service today, and he's got a basement. And he told me he had young people in that basement this, this past week, or, yeah, he's got a vision. These two people here, your pastor and his wife, had a garage. Anybody remember the garage? Did you guys move back to the garage during COVID? No. But <laughs> of course, it's not your stuff, Pastor. It's, it's your wife's stuff, right? No. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But these, these people had vision. When I first met them, how many years ago has that been? About 12 16, 16 years ago? Oh, my. I'm getting old. <laughs> but they had vision of reaching Hesperia. So not only is it important for them to have vision, it's important for you to have vision. Maybe it's to open an ice cream stand, or I don't know what, it, you know, there's so many possibilities. Amen.